podcast for the week of December 16th in the year 2020. Okay, this pull list is going to be a little bit different. We're just going to highlight the books that might escape you or you might not know about. We're not going to go down the entire pull list because as soon as we finish with the pull list, we're going to jump in and talk a little bit about all the Disney Plus announcements that came out last week after we had already recorded the podcast for the week. We're going to get to that as well. One housekeeping note, a few of you have written me, and yes, our new sponsor, IVIwatches.com. Their inventory is low. We're not the only place that they advertise, but we are the only place that offers the 25% discount. Brent at IVI Watches told me that they hope to be restocked here in the next couple of days, so keep checking their website. And again, Kingdom 25 for the 25% discount. All right, and we're going to start off the pool list with... Death Metal, number six. Can you believe that there's only one more issue after this? Don't believe it at all. I'm sure there's like a secret number eight. No, there can't. Don't say that. They're already soliciting the hardback. Don't say remember, that, man. Remember when they did that to that first metal book? They said it was oh, like, oh, God. we're like adding two comics to it or some crap like that. They're going to do the same thing. They announced it before they got this far into it, though. Now they're going to they do it afterwards. So just a throw a curveball. Well, Dark Knight Death Metal is almost over. This is the penultimate issue. Number seven ends it. Dear God, I'd be okay if they released number seven next week. But of course they're not. It's going to be dragged into January. So Dark Knight's Death Metal, number six. Another comic that you want on your radar this week, Immortal Hulk number 41. You always want Immortal Hulk on your radar, but this is going to be Al Ewing writing the Hulk versus Thing rematch that started in Fantastic Four a few months back. Are we sure they're actually going to fight? Well, I don't know. The cover shows them sitting at a table having a meal with one another, which which would be just equally as okay with me. And Hulk was in pretty bad shape at the end of the last issue. Yeah. You see, I don't know which one comes first. You've got Immortal Hulk number 41 this week, and you've also got the King in Black Immortal Hulk one-shot written by Al Ewing also. I'm not sure which of those two come first, because when you read the blurb on Immortal Hulk King in Black one-shot, it seems like that picks up immediately after Immortal Hulk number 40. But also at the end of number 40, you had the thing show up. Number 41 could be the first the first thing in sequence to happen after that. Well, that King in Black tie-in one-shot is actually supposed to be an entirely silent issue. Oh, is it? Okay. That's my understanding, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it focuses on Joe Fix-It dealing with the symbiotes. Yeah, and he's skinny Hulk on the cover, so that may just be some weird little... Remember how that Venom issue was like 30 seconds long or something, technically? Yeah, yeah. It could be something like like that. Batman's Grave, number 12. This ends Warren Ellis's Batman title, which has been just outstanding. Art by Brian Hitch on it. This will be the last issue, and let's take bets now. How long is it going to be before we see Warren Ellis come out with a Marvel or DC title again? Well, they're reprinting his trans. Well, I mean, aside from his reprints. I don't don't know. They may just sort of ignore him for a little bit. It seemed like a bomb when it happened. The controversy surrounding Warren Ellis, he's far from innocent in it. It's kind of died down, hasn't it? I guess. Who knows? Maybe Justin Time or J.D. Finn will show up as a writer. That's old comic book aliases. Sandra, what do you think? About what? (laughs) Sandra. I don't know. Pick a subject. Sandra. We, Albert and I, were kind of casually talking about what the odds are of Warren Ellis turning out new material for either of the big two. But you you just, whatever. What's Submariner up to? (laughs) 
I'm just disappointed that I I don't have a Submariner issue this week. Maybe Warren Ellis will write Namor. I'd like that. I don't think he has written Namor, has he? No, not that I'm aware of. And, and Namor gets a mutation where all water just makes him high. So he's constantly hallucinating when he's underwater. Gosh. More likely, he's constantly hallucinating when he's in the air. I suspect that he's going through some major depression right now. Yeah, he, he may take he, a year. It yeah, may be a I year. mean, he may, if he's going to work on something, he might work on a, another novel. Yeah. He had a novel out, because I think he got kicked off of that uh, show, he, Castlevania, too. Continuing with uh, new comic books coming out this week. And again, we're not going down an entire list. We're just pointing out things that we want to make sure you're aware of coming out this week. We're just highlighting. This is the highlight reel. Darth Vader, number eight, writer Greg Pack and art by Raphael Einko. The Eye of Mustafar shows up in this. Now, why that's significant and why we're pointing it out is because in the Darth Vader comic book, he's on Mustafar. The emperor has been very displeased with him. He's been stripped of his title. He's having to find his way back into the graces of the emperor and the empire. And he encounters a concept that was meant for episode nine, but they cut it out for a variety of reasons. One of the top things being it it was way too surreal. This is going to be interesting. They've written this creature, this entity into Star Wars continuity through Darth Vader number eight. The Darth Vader comics on eBay, the past issue, they are jumping with all these Star Wars announcements and Lucasfilm announcements selling out real quick. So this is going to be one that you want to be aware of. Darth Vader number eight. Is this thing a Sith Yoda? I don't know. I think it may be a Sith-leaning equivalent of the Bindi that showed up in the Rebels TV series. Mm, Okay. The original idea was Kylo Ren was going to encounter it and it was going to cause flashbacks of Darth Vader and Anakin and then Kylo's own past. Why didn't we get that? Because when you see the creature, it would have freaked the kids out. This is not something that unless you saw it in the context of Star Wars that you would immediately associate with Star Wars. It's a freaky looking thing. Some of the paintings of it and the artist designs for Episode 9s are, are, are just way out there. And they're putting it in the comic book because they do feel like it's a good idea. They just didn't want kids running from the theater screaming. Once in Future, number 14, writer Kieran Gillen, art by Dan Mora. This is an outstanding series. It's modern Arthurian greatness. Both Albert and I, Sandra, you're reading it too, aren't you? I will probably have it read by the next full podcast. Yeah, right around the time you watch The Mandalorian, all the episodes. (laughs) (laughs) And catch up on my (laughs) X-Men. There you go. It's an outstanding book. Once in Future, number 14. If you haven't picked it up, take this opportunity to take a look at it. Savage Avengers is on our call sheet as well. Savage Avengers, number 16. Writer Jerry Dugan and artist Patrick Zercher. That's because you've got Ileana, Magic, from the X-Men, New Mutants, Juggernaut, Conan, and the Black Knight. How could you possibly go wrong with this? This is an all-star team. Not one of them is in any way associated with water. (laughs) Sandra, you there? <laughs> no. <laughs> God. Tales from the Dark Multiverse Crisis on Infinite Earths. Albert, what's your take on this? The first issue of Tales from the Dark Multiverse, we were we both disliked. The second issue, The Flashpoint, we both liked. What are you thinking about this one? It's written by Steve Orlando and art by Mike Perkins. Yeah, uh, it could go either way. I like the cover. I don't know. Like, yeah, the cover's interesting. I'm glad it seems like it's... Something to do with JSO. At least we got yeah. that. I'm hedging my bets that this one's going to be one of the better ones. 
Coming in from Marvel Comics, Under the King in Black, we mentioned it earlier, Immortal Hulk one-shot by Al Ewing, Aaron Cooter, Black Cat, King in Black tie-in. Her series is titled Queen in Black. Writer Jed McKay and writer and artist Nina Vakuva own this together, and you want to be aware of this one because there's a pretty good chance that Black Cat will end up bonded to Symbiote. I thought this was a one-shot. I think this, no, I think this restarts her series. They ended the other series and immediately said, no, we're bringing her back for the King and Black event and continuing out the series. The solicitation doesn't read like a one shot. Yeah, it does not say one shot anywhere on the solicitation. I don't want to call it a key issue because every other issue seems to be pushed as a key issue. But if she bonds with that symbiote, it's going to be hard to come by. Well, it's got eight variant covers, so apparently something's happening. Oh, that is not a one-shot with eight variant covers. Well, it's got the legacy numbering on the cover. What kind right. of legacy number does Black Cat have? My guess would be she is, it's it's in her 50s, right? I think the I other know. series was the only one she had. She didn't have one before that, did she? See, this one says legacy number 13. Oh, yeah. legacy number yeah, 13. Oh, my God, so a legacy number 13. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> well, it, look. If nothing else, Marvel is being consistent in this. Marvel is playing favorites is what Marvel is doing. Legacy number 13. Jesus. We'll get to your grievances when we talk about the Marvel cinematic solicitations. Well, they already Uh, say the other solicitations of this book, she gets a symbiote on her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they're, we'll just have to wait and see. People will be, people will (laughs) grab this up thinking that it's something significant and we'll forget about it in two years. That doesn't mean it won't be entertaining. But. I'll give. I'll forget about it like two weeks. I'm not. I'm going to forget it about it before I even go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to forget about it two titles down, aren't you? That's right. <laughs> She's going to be walking around the store, being like, "I'm forgetting something." No, I'm not. <laughs> I got milk. What am I forgetting? <laughs> What the hell else did I come in here for? Cyberpunk 2077 Trauma Team number four, writer Cullen Bunn, art by Miguel Valderrama. Albert, is your ballpark. (laughs) I guess it's my ballpark. That game ain't my ballpark, I'll tell you that much. But you are playing the game. Oh, yeah. I'm going to review it for later this week in the podcast. I can't wait. Should I ask how long it took you to customize your penis now, or do we wait until you talk about it later in the podcast? That took about a minute. Okay, there you go. Just wanted to check. There's a surprising lack of penis options in that game. (laughs) I spent more time messing with my boobies than I did my penis. (laughs) I'm so glad we're going to go through this list quickly. (laughs) We're we're only three away from being done. We live number three, writer Roy Miranda and art by Inaki Miranda. This is that outstanding book, Earth's Dying, and the aliens have offered to help humanity by taking 5,000 kids away from the Earth, but they've got to get to the drop point. But Albert and I both highly recommend this book. This one will be easy to overlook, and there's a pretty good chance that your comic shop, if they ordered any of number one and two, may have a few copies in stock. We're telling you, it's well worth it to pick it up. Am I being hyperbolic about that, or am I being on the money with it, Albert? I blanked out. What what book are you talking about? We still in that cyberpunk thing? <laughs> 
The Goon, number 14, by writer-artist Eric Powell. Is The Goon supposed to come out only once a quarter? I guess. It comes out just it comes out when it's ready. Yeah, that's it. And that's the reason we're pointing it out is because this is one of the rare times during the year that The Goon is coming out. Writer-artist Eric Powell, The Goon's always entertaining. Just be aware that this is the week it hits the stands. Coming into our last two titles that you should keep your eyes out for this week. Post-Americana, number one, writer-artist Steve Scross. It's exactly like it says. After a nuclear holocaust, somehow the rich elite get to the Cheyenne Mountains where they're protected, but the ruling government does not. And then somebody's going to go out and use the resources of Cheyenne two or three years after the apocalypse or occurs to take over America. This is a number one issue. It's written by Steve Scross. Steve has been hit or miss with me personally. I'm just really questioning, do we need another apocalyptic comic? No, we do not. Sandra, what's your opinion? Sure. No, we do not. (laughs) What if we had a comic book where everything just sort of turned out okay? (laughs) I I heard this was supposed to be good. I I, I don't know. Um, Steve, I'm just throwing it out there. That's that's why. I have two real quick ones I want to yell out. Hickman's independent book, Decorum, number six has come out. I don't know when the last one came out. It's been forever. That's the one from Yeah, that's been a while. Yes. Yeah, you might have forgotten about it, but it, apparently number six is coming out. Taskmaster 2 from Marvel. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed Taskmaster 1, and I believe... We all did. Yeah, those two I will be definitely looking at when I go to the store, and I am not looking for Black Cat. <laughs> but you remembered it three issues later. The final one tonight is a surprise comic. The last time they did this, I believe, was with Die, 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 issue number one. Image is putting out Solid Blood, number 17. No, we don't know why it's number 17. Albert suggested maybe it counts backward, which would be really cool. It's written by Robert Kirkman and art by Ryan Otley. The blurb is, they are among us, they look like us, they act like us, but they are not us. In ages past, they were worshipped, in others they were feared, in others still they were hunted. A gift passed down through the ages, they are descendants of the strongest to ever live. In their veins, it rages solid blood. This is one of the ones that they surprised comic book shops with, Albert. Yeah, they showed up on invoices and they're like, hey, here's his book. There you go, like they did with, uh, I think, Die, Die, Die was like that. Yeah. Remember how we handled Die, Die, Die? We cobbled together a pull list for the writer of Die, Die, Die. Everybody that was reading his that writer's stuff, they got a free copy of Die, Die, Die number one because it was sent to us for free. Mm-hmm. That was great. I mean, look, if your local comic book shop is not doing something like that, you got to really question, are they even your local comic book shop? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that was funny, Albert? (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so. (laughs) Let's move on to the big stuff. Albert, Sandra, did y'all hear (laughs) what Disney is planning for Disney Plus? Sure. No, I didn't hear anything. I'm I'm hurting. I I don't turn on the TV at all. (laughs) Man, that's what it is, it was like, oh, no, our, uh, everything's terrible. Announce everything. Oh, no. It wasn't Whatever that, we're this working their... on for the next 20 years, just go ahead and slap a logo. There's been yeah. no Comic-Cons. There have been no nothing. And this is their investors, investors day. So they announced this anyway. It's usually announced before then at the cons. And they usually save about four things for investors day. Also, there was no D23 this year. 
which is the big, big deal, even bigger than any of the comic cons. They're going to go up $1 to $7.99 a month. Which is still good value to me. No, it really is. Out of all of the stuff they released, they didn't release a lot of trailers for the Star Wars stuff. The What If trailer gave me goosebumps. Did y'all see that for the animated What If? Yeah, I saw that. Yes, yes, I did like that. It looks really, really quite cool. My only so I'm excited. complaint about the what if uh, is that it's actually just going to be MCU characters. Why? Who would you rather it be? <laughs> I think say it would it. be a great opportunity to introduce characters that the general public does not know. Oh, you mean the cinematic character? Yeah, they're basing this first round of what if on the cinematic characters. I misunderstood what you were saying. I said That's MCU. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm. <laughs> I missed the C in the MCU. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I did not want them to have what ifs with. I did not want them to have crossovers with DC or anything like that. <laughs> it looks like it's going to be the usual suspects. And not any new characters. Yeah, they're spinning these what ifs off of the things that could have gone wrong or different in the movies. Mm-hmm. And of course, the big news, which is wasn't really news, is that Fantastic Four movie is coming to the MCU. Lockjaw. And what I liked about this is that the same people that head up the Spider-Man movies are going to be handling the Fantastic Four movies. You mean the yeah, Spider-Man that- movie that has way too much crap in it? I was about to say that is like the one the thing that is the most disappointing thing about the FF news. I, I have an announcement to make. I have an announcement to make. I have been cast in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Are you going to shoot that in between shooting your scenes for the Justice League Snyder cut? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I do that. Hey. I'm in Spider-Man 3. I am playing... Uh, who am I playing? I don't remember who I'm playing. <laughs> Yourself? <laughs> Man on the street. Oh, before I think I'm playing with- Cardiac is who I'm playing. I don't... Well, before we continue with the Disney Marvel stuff and the Disney Star Wars stuff, it's important to announce also the DC Cinematic Universe, and they had a big week, too. They're celebrating the 61st month of production of Zack Snyder's Justice League film. This movie will have cost a billion dollars. I think what they need to do for HBO Max is take all the thousands of hours of scenes that they've filmed for this movie mm-hmm. and, and set it up on HBO Max where the viewer can edit their own version of the movie. <laughs> and you can be like, hey, it's Justice League, the Albert cut. <laughs> the I Albert Why is this movie only three minutes long? It just says Justice League and then it ends. <laughs> Man, I would be down for that. <laughs> that would be awesome. You could cut it and call it Wonder Woman 1.5 <laughs> or Aquaman point five. I was about to say, I could cut it. My cut would be every time someone says Aquaman, somebody would voice over and say, Namor. <laughs> <laughs> Namor. <laughs> it would be your voice right then, Namor. <laughs> Namor. <laughs> Some of the most important news about the Fantastic Four movie is the fact that John Watts, the guy that helmed both the Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and is doing the third Spider-Man movie for Marvel slash Sony, is in charge of the Fantastic Four here. There was kind of the Easter egg thing in the background about the Fantastic Four with the street signs. There's been a lot of rumors going around that that was the Baxter building that Spider-Man 
swung through with MJ while he was holding MJ at the end of the last Spider-Man movie. What does that say to you? Does that say to you that given that Spider-Man will also be dealing with the multiverse and Spider-Man 3, that the Fantastic Four are going to show up somewhere in there, possibly toward the end, even if even if just in a post-credit scene? I yeah, I don't know. I mean, every every day they announce new people attached to that movie. I mean, it's a Spider-Man movie. It ain't freaking Star Wars. Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, they'll all have a couple of minutes. I don't see them running throughout the movie like a Spider-Verse movie. I don't think they've announced Bruce Campbell yet. I thought there were rumors about that, hard rumors. Surely they would get him. Well, yeah, because they're talking to the same guy that played the, hey, he stole my pizza guy from Spider-Man 2, or he stole that guy's pizza from Spider-Man 2. That sounds horrible. Just horrible. I can't believe they got that guy to do the, the Fantastic Four movie. He's no Russo Brothers, I'll tell you I that. I mean, it's got to be better than the last Fantastic Four movie. Well, my, knocking? Dog can, my dog can direct a better movie than that last Fantastic Four movie. But you Josh, watched the last Josh two Spider-Man Watt. movies. No. Yeah, but they didn't have everything in the kitchen sink in it from 15 yeah, different studios like, and five I, different versions of every character. I don't see him having any creative vision, the Russo brothers or Scott Derrickson or even Kogler. They all have a very distinct creative vision. And this guy is not. And he's certainly no Kenneth Branagh, that's for sure. Okay, everybody, mark this episode right here, because when Submariner appears in Spider-Man 3 for 4.5 seconds, she will go from this to this is the greatest thing to have ever happened to humanity. (laughs) No, I won't. All right, mark mark it, mark it and time it, people. <laughs> because you got your Fantastic Four. That's one step closer to Fish Boy. <laughs> you know, not, I, not I, necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. And I'll tell you something else. I look at this gigantic slate of stuff Marvel is putting out, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, there is nothing in here. I could literally die of old age before Namer shows up because this slate does not have anything that that is leading up to Namor. Not at all. They haven't announced everything. This is just what's going under active development over the course of 2021. What about that now, Stingray when I say that, TV show they got a name? The Stingray? Yeah, they got him a TV show. Namor could show up in that. Yeah, That's the thing. I bet you Stingray shows up before Namor does because they're doing Armor Wars. I will laugh my ass off if Stingray <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. I the Porcupine? You the Porcupine show up before Namor. I know. And, uh, it's you will find, you will find doing these podcasts exponentially harder if Stingray really does show up. <laughs> Y'all are laughing, but I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my birthday and I'm going, this is like a 10-year slate of stuff. And I could be dead before I actually ever see Namor on the screen. Another thing that's springing from Spider-Man 3, not necessarily springing, but was set up with one line of dialogue from Nick Fury in Spider-Man 3, but it wasn't really Nick Fury. It was the scroll pretending to be Nick Fury. You hear him on the phone when he's in Germany, and he's alluding that knowledge of the Cree hidden bases on Earth were eyes-only information. And it looks like it's going to carry on in the form of Secret Invasion, a uh, series uh, featuring Nick 
Fury and the Skrull agent that portrays Nick Fury on Earth, Talos, as they deal with what's being advertised as a Skrull invasion, but is far more likely to actually be a Kree invasion of Earth, since the Skrulls are set up the way they've been set up in Captain Marvel and Spider-Man 2. I'm excited about that. Samuel L. Jackson's just going to play this character all the way through. (laughs) Samuel L. Jackson will be Nick Fury when uh, Namor finally shows up. (laughs) No, he'll be he'll be long dead. By, I was about to say by the time that happens, yeah, he'll that. be he will we'll be, be on Nick. We'll be on up. Nick Fury the third. Because Samuel L is older than I am, so oh yeah. <laughs> but Samuel L is immortal. He's not going anywhere. So I'm looking forward to that one as well. I'm glad they decided to run that way with it rather than playing it through Captain Marvel 2 or another movie. And who's to say that Captain Marvel 2 doesn't pick up the threads of that? Is Secret Invasion going to be a, the TV series? What What is going to yes. be a movie? Fantastic Four is going to be a movie. Secret Invasion is a Disney Plus series. Ironheart is a Disney God. Plus series. It's in the very early stages. Out of all the Disney Plus series, Don Cheadle's coming back to play War Machine and they're going to do armor wars, like you said, jokingly about Stingray earlier. And then they've got some special Disney Plus series like I Am Groot and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which I don't think we're going to see until 2022. Yeah, I think it was like, that's 2022, and then 2023 is Guardians 3. 2023 is Guardians 3. They did confirm, and I hope they at least checked with Tatiana this time. Kevin Feige seems... Pretty persistent that Tatiana Maslany is She-Hulk, even though she's denied it several times. Maybe he knows something she doesn't. (laughs) Now, your breakdown, what did you think about the Loki trailer, Sandra? Oh, I love the Loki trailer. That was one of the best things about the news. Boy, am I I tired of Loki. What? Well, you just strap in, pal, because you're going to get Loki'd out. (laughs) I've been tired of Loki since the first Avengers movie. I can't believe I heard that. I was kind of lukewarm on it when they first announced it, but now I am all about that Loki series. I'm looking forward to it as much as I'm looking forward to WandaVision, and I'm really looking forward to WandaVision. And see, that's what I'm talking about when I said the Fantastic Four, they need a better director. Like, WandaVision, that is a unique take. I mean, that's a creative vision there. Loki, you haven't seen creative have vision. Not- the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, maybe not as creative, but that that has no that. But Loki and WandaVision, those look awesome. Falcon Winter Soldier. I don't, uh, uh, no, 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 no. What they gave Falcon the most boring costume of the whole lot of everybody, and Winter Soldier is played by an actor that has zero on-screen presence. It was a black hole of charisma. What? Don't you want me? What are you talking about? People love Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan's a damn good actor, man. Watch him in I, Tanya. <laughs> he is a black hole of charisma and personality, and people really want him to play Luke Skywalker. What? Yeah, I do. <laughs> They'll probably get him to do something stupid like play Mad Mardigan and Willow or something like that. Mad Mardigan and Willow? Wasn't that Val Kilmer's character? Yeah. Yes. Or like what is his name? Mad Mardigan or just Mardigan? Mad Mardigan. Mardigan. Yeah. It was, yeah, Mad, it was Mardigan. Mad Mardigan. He went by the name Mad Mardigan. Did you ever read the sequel books to Willow that Lucas commissioned Chris Claremont to write? No, I played the video game. Oh, okay. Uh, where the princess grows up evil? Those aren't continuity anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like all them old Star Wars novels ain't worth nothing. They just, oh, we don't count that no more. Thank God. 
the Yuzan Vong. Dear God. But speaking of Star Wars, let's move on to what all they announced there. Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader for Obi-Wan. So how's that going to work? Because, you know, like Mandalorian's just 20 stunt guys in that dude's voice. I mean, I it guess, could be took, I guess if he took his mask, yeah, if he took his mask off, it, you know, you'd use him for that. But beyond that, why would you need Hayden? That's not even his voice. They may actually show him armoring up from the castle or what have you. But they also, I'm thinking we're going to see a lot of him in flashbacks. Uh, which I'm good with. I don't know about no flashbacks. We don't need no flashbacks. All, what happened? Well, no, you know, I'm talking about to the Clone Wars. We already they know what happens in the Clone Wars. Not every moment of every day we don't. We don't need to know all of it, my God. Listen, we already know that. I'm not asking to know all of it. I'm just giving you reasons why Hayden Christensen is coming back. In another five years, the only person that died in the Clone Wars is going to be Count Dooku, and that's it. Everyone else is magically going to survive the Clone Wars. Lando Calrissian. Now, I'm looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this ever since Donald Glover hinted at it. I'm excited about Lando, and I love that Lando logo, although I hate that they're not called calling it the Calrissian Chronicles. <laughs> Are they getting Donald Glover? They haven't announced him officially yet, but yeah, that's who they're going with. I mean, they could incorporate Billy D. Williams, like Billy D. telling a story and doing flashback sequences, but this is a limited, this is not an ongoing series. This is not going to be season after season. It's going to get one season. So that tells me it's Donald Glover, which also means you can probably look forward to Eccleston returning has Solo at some point. Which I'd like to see too. Solo movie was really good. I like the solo movie. They were talking somewhere were, I was watching I, something and they were saying that it was like they didn't say it was a bomb, but they said it was like the least successful. That's because they had to uh, oh right. they got rid of guys. the directors. They did th- those were those two guys that did Spider Verse? Yeah. They did Spider Verse after the creative differences of Solo, because the phrase that was bounding around Lucasfilm was this is Han Solo and Lando Calrissian, this is not Beavis and Butthead. They apparently wrote it real snarky, loosey-goosey. What, you know, we'll never they, know unless they we micromanage. They were micromanaging the movie. And they didn't like the, like the director was letting the actors do things, different takes that wasn't in the script, so they just fired them. No, I'd like to, you know, I, I'm fine with it. I like the Solo movie. As I recall, you like the Solo movie. It's, uh, it's the only good Star Wars movie Disney has done. What about Rogue One? That was well, a, mean, not a good movie. The other ones it is not done. a good movie. Oh Rogue One's God. a terrible movie. Rogue terrible One, one. Great movie. Yeah, you see, you know there's something wrong with Albert immediately when he doesn't like Rogue One. You know, like, you know, I was thinking about Mandalorian. You know the Empire, you know, they're in hard times when, when their officers ain't even got British accents. Who's <laughs> <laughs> like sad of some Texas trailer park. <laughs> he does have a point there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where'd they get this yokel from? Jesus. <laughs> Well, also from Lucasfilm's Star Wars side, you've got the Acolyte coming, which is set in the, the golden age of the Republic. I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, of course, Ahsoka Tano. You're huh? looking forward to all of these. All of these. Well, I am. Thingies. There's not one thing on that slate that I thought, oh, no, maybe we don't need to do. When I saw all the Star Wars stuff listed, <laughs> I'm more doubtful about everything coming out for the MCU being a hit than I am the Star Wars stuff. All the Star Wars stuff looks great. The Rogue Squadron with Patty Jenkins on board to direct. I'm. The, that's the best thing. That's a movie. That's the best thing they announced for Star Wars. Was now, that. what is that one going to be about? That's a movie. That's a movie. Yeah. And it's about Rogue Squadron. 
Squadron, Rogue Squadron. But Rogue I don't Squadron, know. It wasn't in the movies, except that Luke and Wedge Antilles were the only survivors of it, right? Wedge puts together a team, and oh, Wedge leads that. the. Yeah, yeah, Wedge. Okay. Well, and it's during, and it's also during Return of the Jedi. Those are the rogues that go into the Death Star that Wedge is leading. Yeah, this is Wedge Antilles' group, unless they're going with a different version of it. We that, don't know anything about I it. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. What squadron and what time period it's going to be. In the introduction to it, what you see is Patty Jenkins rollerblading onto a runway. When she changes outfits, she's in an orange jumpsuit, a classic orange jumpsuit, and she walks toward a classic X-Wing. Okay, so, so probably yeah. still the return. The Rangers series is going to interlace itself with Ahsoka, Mandalorian, and another series. And the Rangers of the New Republic are taking place at the same time Mandalorian and Ahsoka is. And we know what Ahsoka is going after. Ahsoka is going after Grand Admiral Thrawn. And of course, we got Andor from Rogue One mm-hmm. coming up. Andor and K2SO. That's the one I'm really not looking forward to. <laughs> But Albert, let's tell everybody what you're actually looking forward to most I, out of I, all this. In reality, I'm really looking forward to Rogue One. Or Ro- not Rogue One, Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. But no, yeah. there was something else that Lucasfilm announced that wasn't Oh, Star Wars. The, the only thing that's worth anything, the, the, the main reason they spent $15 billion to buy Lucasfilm and, and some old X-Wing models that were half torn up is the Willow. The Willow. The Willow. The Willow. Are you kidding me? Listen, Willow, I love man. I love Willow. I've always loved Willow. I love that really, stuff when I was a kid. Yeah. Mad Martin and Sorsha. I was heavily disappointed with Willow. I was a little bit Whatever. disappointed, but Mad Martigan more than made up for it's it. It's better than Return of the Jedi. Oh, my God. Oh, no, it is not. Of course it is. Well, what about, what about Ewok. the other news? The other news. What other what news? Other news? They're going to do an Alien series, the Fox News. Oh, who cares? It's oh, Alien. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, alien. my God. What is wrong I, with look, you, Albert? It's like that Indiana Jones thing. Who cares about oh, that? Oh, yeah, Jesus. Indiana Jones. Yeah, I forgot about that. I, I think Indiana Jones deserves one more shot to go out better than Indiana Jones 4. I would have rather they have just left it at 3, but since we went in and teabagged it with that Crystal Skull thing, he deserves a better exit than that. I'll agree with that. We wanted to cover that because we didn't get a chance to cover it last week because we had finished recording by the time they had made the announcements. That'll handle pull list for this week. We'll be back at you on Thursday or Friday with our regular show. And Albert, tell them what you're going to review. I will be reviewing the video game Cyberpunk 2077 and why it's horrible. (laughs) Why I just should just give up looking forward to anything anymore, especially Willow, because they'll probably screw that up worse than they screwed this game up. Well, we'll continue. I'm sure we'll have more to chat about this on the regular podcast. This has been Pull List for the week of December 16th, 2020. Once again, thank you to you, our listeners. We love you to death. Let us hear from you. KingdomComics at gmail.com. KingdomCasts, that's Kingdom, C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. KingdomComics and KingdomCasts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also want to thank our sponsor, IVI Watches. Again, their inventory has been torn through, but I've been assured that they are replenishing it as quickly as possible. So keep them in mind this holiday season. Kingdom 25 
is the code you use to get 25% off your entire purchase. Sandra, anything you want to add to it? I think we've covered all the things Submariner will not be appearing in. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Albert, you got anything to say? Nah, I'm cool. All right. Well, we'll holler back at you later in the week. Thank you again for listening. Be safe. Kingdom Casts is owned by Kingdom Comics Incorporated and produced by Stan Daniel and Albert Marsh. No part of this program may be reproduced, replicated, or replayed without permission. Special thanks to Sandra Swindle. Also, thanks to our content contributors, Jason Bean, Tim Bryant, Denise Daniel, Josh Duke, Alex Fitzpatrick, Charles Hickey, Allison Marceau, Mark Adam Miller, and Katrina Olstead. Logo designed by Geoffrey Gwynn. Edited by Stan Daniel. Kingdom Casts is copyrighted 2020. All rights reserved. Oh, you doo-doo head.